0: Hi, welcome to The Cottage. We are a lively outpouring of an exciting adventure into God's riches and glories in Christ Jesus. We really work to activate an excitement for the kingdom of God as it is in the now until it comes into its fullness. We invite you to our sessions to explore the heights and depths of God's love in a fuller bandwidth. I'm Dr. Ken, the pastor of a small independent church seeking to return to the Lord's zeal in times where apathy and lethargy rule the day of the complacent. We try to shake things up and offer a temporary home as we travel this sod until we reach higher ground and connect into the everlasting life from above, here on the earth as it is in heaven. For more information, you can email us at thecottage at that is the cottage at dken.cc. Hi, welcome back to the cottage. We're in our main series, Water in the Wilderness, and we have sprung off into a tributary of a mini-series on Elijah in 1 Kings chapters 17 to 19. In this episode, we begin with the story on Mount Carmel in 1 Kings 18 where Elijah squares off against the prophets of Baal.
1: So here we are. We're in 1 Kings chapter 18 today. 1 Kings chapter 18. In Sunday school, we just did a review of chapter 17 to set the stage, how God was using Elijah. Now, we're in a series about in the wilderness. And we're in a series about water in the wilderness and we, we spent quite a bit of time in Genesis chapter 2 understanding that God started out that creation story with understanding a world without water because He needed someone through which to bring about His blessing. And if you follow the story through Genesis, when we get to Abraham, it's the same thing. I need someone through whom I can bless. And then ultimately He sends Jesus. And so we want to look at the story of Elijah today in reference to that, because we know that John the Baptist came preaching Isaiah 40, verse 3, and they asked him, who are you? And he quoted that verse that we've been studying. But they were wanting to know if he was Elijah. And so it's an amazing thing. I know that we have some empty seats this morning, but if you think about some of the most uh, wonderful times, the most serious times in thinking, the Jews, one of their... Chief Festivals is celebrating the Passover when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Okay? And so when they celebrate the Passover, they actually have an empty chair and they set the empty chair up and the plates and everything. And so if they have room in the house, depending on the house, they have room in the house for 12 people, they will set for 11 And that's all there's going to be, because they're going to leave that chair open. And that chair is open because in Malachi chapter 3 says Elijah's coming again. And they're believing Elijah's coming back. And John the Baptist, they're asking, are you the Elijah that's going to usher in the Messiah? And so John the Baptist points to Isaiah 43. He doesn't say, I'm not Elijah necessarily. He kind of plays a little bit with it. And yet here we have the story of Elijah In the wilderness. And in chapter 17 we discuss. That he turns off the water. He says unless I say. It will not rain. And we find out it's three and a half years. Which is interesting because. Some people think Jesus' ministry. Was around three and a half years. And then the Holy Spirit is poured out. After Jesus leaves. And here we're going to be with Elijah. On the mountain. A very familiar story. But I want you to see it through the backdrop of our wilderness series. I want you to see it through the backdrop that God says, I'm going to use through those who I choose for my power, my life to come forth, the water to flow. And in this instance, it's the opposite. Elijah turns the water off. Elijah. Now, we talked about this <coughs> when we talked about Peter walking down the water. In Sunday school, that. Not that only did Jesus walk in the water, but Peter walked in the water. And here we have not only God controlling the rain, and I shared some stories about how I prayed at different times and asked God for it to rain, and I prayed at other times asking God for it to stop raining, and how that worked out. And then I shared a story of a guy that it didn't work out, and he's wondering why. And we're always caught between that conundrum of when God answers our prayers and when He doesn't. And then we have to focus on what is the purpose of our prayers. Is it not for us to be in line with the will of God? As we sang earlier about straightening. And we want to understand that. So we're in 1 Kings chapter 18. Elijah has said that. Unless I say it will not rain. And remember we talked about the Sunday school. To catch you up for those who weren't here. The fact of the matter is for Elijah. It should be raining. But because King Ahab is not rightly aligned with God, then God's wanting to shut off the tap and nobody else is in this program and Elijah says, all right, I'll give it. It's kind of like Abraham. Everybody's worshiping idols. In chapter 11, everybody leaves God and says, we're done with you, buddy. We're going to go off and do our own thing and we're going to be like those chicks wandering around, go off and do our own thing. We're not going to be under your wings. And God's like, well, will anybody... Will anybody choose to follow me? And he says, hey, Abram, would you follow me? And through Abram, I'm going to use you to bless all of the families of the earth, ultimately through Jesus Christ. So put all this together now, as we revisit the story. In chapter 18, it has not rained. Now, we saw in chapter 17 that God then protects Elijah, sends him to a brook for a while, feeds him by the birds, the birds fed him. You ever have, you ever go out there to the, Uh, Rose Lawn and feed the ducks you go out there and feed the ducks all the time time? you go out there have you ever gone there and the ducks feed you (laughs) Elijah gets fed by the ducks yeah the birds go off and find food and bring it to Elijah he's got nothing he trusts God and the birds feed him that's a different kind of bird feed I think (laughs) where's Mary at she's always talking about her bird feed The birds are feeding us, and he's not eating the birds. So he's fed by the birds, and then he ends up with a widow in a foreign land because they want him dead. There's a reward out for it. He's he's on the FBI's top ten most wanted list. He's the most notorious character. The government is after him. Chapter 18, verse 1. It came to pass, we're in 1 Kings, after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. Now, three years have gone on. Saying, go show yourself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. But it's accepted the word of Elijah. Go show yourself. Now Ahab's looking for him. He's the most wanted list. He's got his whoever, his top enforcer going out looking for him. Searching the earth. Trying to find this man. And so Elijah... Then goes up there, says verse two, and Elijah went to show himself on an Ahab and there was sore famine in Samaria. And so Elijah goes up to one of the God's people that's with the king and says, hello, I'm here. And the guy says, oh my goodness, I'm going to be in trouble because <laughs> you keep disappearing. Nobody can catch you. Nobody can catch you. I remember I was on a bus and I was traveling back from the village in, in Nepal and going back through all the country in Nepal, headed back out and going into India. And this Muslim confronted me on the bus. And you're on a bus for like 16 hours, you know, and he's confronting me. He's like, he's having a hard time. He's after me big time. You know, and he's telling me how all oh, you Americans and you're stupid, this and that. And listen, listen, let me tell you. He says, you will never find Osama bin Laden. Never! And he had a big deal and he went on and on. Young guy, he didn't know what he was talking about. And he had this guy that was with me, scared to death. And I'm trying to disciple this young believer, you know, and he's scared to death. The day it got on the news that they announced that they got Osama bin Laden. That guy came. He took off work. He came to where I was at. He found me. He says, that guy was wrong. Because you told him, he says, no, they'll find him. They'll find him. You can't run, you can't hide, because they're going to do everything to find you. But this case, Elijah says, I want to be found. <laughs> and Obadiah's like, um, if you take off, run off, the king will kill me because I saw you and you disappear. No, 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 I am going to appear before Ahab today. You have him meet me. And he sets up the meeting on Mount Carmel of all things. Mount Carmel. Sets up the meeting up there at Mount Carmel. Says, You get everybody to meet me at Mount Carmel, and we're going to resolve this matter. Now, this is a famous passage. You're all very familiar with this passage, I'm sure. So, he's going to do that. Verse 17, and it came, we're going to skip down. Verse 17, and it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab says, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? You're the reason why we don't have any water. This doesn't make any sense, does it? Because what's Elijah say? Verse 18, he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house and that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and thou hast followed Balaam. You're the troubler. You're the reason why. God doesn't want to bless. Because you're serving all these other gods. you got all these other gods. you got all these other dons or bosses. Bosses, gods, lords. Husbands, Baal can be understood as You got all these other lovers. You got all these other guys. Why don't you get water from them? (laughs) You say, I'm the troubler. Why can't you call on all your prophets? Why can't Jezebel get water? What happened? She can't get the water. My brother got a new water line put in the house. Paid for by your tax dollars. Brand new, didn't have to pay for it. New water line put in. Go ahead, Jezebel. Turn on the tap. What's the problem? Who's troubling who? You're supposed to provide. You're supposed to be God's man put in power to shepherd the people and through you, God is supposed to bless. That's the whole idea of being king of Israel. The problem is you don't have water. You're going to the wrong source. You can't go to the wrong place. And how many times do we find ourselves going to the wrong place? I still remember the day that Elvis Presley died because my sister was so upset. I didn't really understand who Elvis was. I was too young. Who in the world is Elvis Presley? I didn't know. Everybody's going crazy over him. All I know is my sister was crying because some guy named Elvis died. I'm like, wait, wait, you, you, do you know? Do we know this guy? And she told me very firmly, she says, he was basically, I'll use that old country song, Larry, looking for love in all the wrong places. He was trying to find it in the drugs. He was trying to find it in all the wrong places. And had he truly found Christ, he could have been delivered from it all. Ahab, you're looking in all the wrong places. That's why you can't turn the water on. That's why you have no power. No life is coming out of you. That's why you are dead. That's why everybody is under trouble. There's no power. Can you imagine all this heat going on? My brother showed me a picture. So mom's sister Donna and Dawn. Dawn's daughter has a son named Travis. Travis put a picture on Facebook of a gun. Somebody had a gun up to the sky. I think he did it. Put a gun up to the sky and he's going to shoot the sun. Enough of this heat. We've had enough. <laughs> they want to shoot the sun. They want to shoot the sun. And then people without power. And the heat beating down upon them. They got no water. It's all Elijah's fault. It's always God's fault, right? Ed, everything's God's fault. You know, we do all this trouble, and then we blame God. Why it's so hot out there? Or why we have these storms? I'm still trying to figure this out. I don't know anything about insurance. My cousin's is uh, my cousin. My nephew is starting to sell insurance. Maybe I can go ask him. I heard he's going to start selling insurance. My cousin or her cousin sells insurance. I got to go ask him. What is this act of God business? <laughs> they always call it an act of God like you think God did this blaming Elijah you're the troubler no 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 Ahab let's put it where it belongs you are the one that's bringing this trouble God said through Abraham I will bless but I can't bless because you're not connected with me anymore you've decided to connect to something else therefore that's the problem you're connecting through all these other gods. You're connecting through all these other prophets. There exists, they're prophets, but they're false prophets because they can't deliver. They can't give. We know we call them politicians today. <laughs> they called them prophets back then. Prophets, you can't deliver. You're false. Not because you don't exist, you're false because you don't do anything. You're just like the idols. Verse 19, now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. 850 of them, bring them all. It reminds me of that Ray Stevens song where he talks about that convention they're having, the Shriners' Convention. We're going to have a convention. Bring all your people there on top of that. 850. One guy versus 850. And you're going to blame me because there's no water? That's like Moses and Pharaoh, right? And finally Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's priest and Pharaoh's magician says, this is the finger of God. We can't do anything about this. Well, you're supposed to be able to call on God. Pharaoh's supposed to be God himself anyway. And you can't stop this? You can't do anything. Bring it on, 850 to 1. Anybody want to play football? 1 verses 850. Verse 20. So Ahab went to all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together in to Mount Carmel. Verse 21. Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word because like we ain't getting involved in this. The people don't even know. Well, you ought to know. There's no rain. They, they can't give you rain. Ever since Jezebel moved into the White House, there's no rain. <laughs> there's no rain. Tell your queen to call on the rain. How long will you halt between two opinions? We got all these opinions. Opinions, opinions, hot air. The people said not a word. Verse 22, then said Elijah unto the people, I even I uh, only remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets, Baal's are four hundred and fifty, not counting the other four hundred. Are four hundred and fifty men. Now let Baal's dudes, verse twenty three, therefore give us two boxes. let them, therefore give us two box, and let them choose one for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire under it, and I will dress the other book and lay it on the wood and put no fire in it call on, get two animals, set up two altars, let them choose, and let them go first. Let them go first. Verse 24, And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call upon the name of the Lord, Yahweh. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God, and all the people answered said, it is well spoken. We like this. This is what the people need to see. This is what the people aren't seeing. This is why the people aren't here this morning. Because they're not seeing this. Verse 25. And Elijah said to the prophets, Choose one book for yourself and dress it first. For year are many, call upon the name of your gods. There are many, but you can't put any fire under it. Verse 26, And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it. They called upon the name of Baal from morning even till noon. Wow. Saying, "Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. Remember the voice we talked about? We spent all that time on the voice last week. The voice. Remember the voice. No voice. People can't hear. There's so much noise, but they can't hear. All oh, this noise going on. So many things, so many notifications. Facebook, 55 notifications. Instagram, 45 notifications. WhatsApp, another 65 notifications. This one, YouTube, another, notific- another notification, 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 notification. Oh, so much noise. No one can hear the voice. No voice, nor any answer. They leaped upon the altar which is made. Man, they're going at it. Wow. They're jumping up and down on that altar. They're doing everything they again. And nothing's happening. Total silence. They're making all kinds of noise. Verse 27 is pretty cool. You can't see this in the King James. You can in the Hebrew. Nobody really translates this right. Because they're trying to be nice. I guess I'm supposed to be nice, but I'll let you know what the Hebrew says here. It's kind of, I think it's kind of fun. Verse 27. It came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud for he is a God. Either he's talking. Maybe your God is busy on the phone. <laughs> he's pursuing. He's in a journey. Preventure. He sleepeth and must be waking. Maybe your God fell asleep. Maybe you got to wake him up. You know what really what, what it's also saying there? Maybe he had to go relieve himself. (laughs) And that's
0: what it says.
1: (laughs) Elijah is getting down and dirty here. Maybe your God is in the toilet. (laughs) And he's got to relieve himself. That's what it says in Hebrew. Come on now. May the true God answer. Verse 28, And they cried aloud and cut themselves at their manner with knives and lances, till blood gushed out on them. They're cutting themselves. The world today, there's people that feel so much pain inside, they got so much emotional pain, that they cut themselves physically, because the pain emotionally is so intense, that to break that pain, they would rather feel the pain of a cut. These people are cutting themselves. I mean, they're really at it. They're diehard fans. Reminds me of Hebrews. It talks about Jesus on the cross that we sang about in Sunday school. Jesus on the cross. And Hebrews chapter 12 says, But we have not resisted unto blood. He gave his blood, but we haven't. We haven't. And yet here they are, lancing themselves, crying out loud, making all kinds of noise. And nothing's happening. And you and I are very familiar with this because this has happened down through the ages. Verse 29, it came to pass when midday was past. They prophesied at the time of the evening sacrifice. There was neither voice nor any answer nor anything that was regarded. Nothing happened. They went all day at this. They're going all day. And how many times do we have the sun comes up, the sun goes down, and nothing happens. You ever feel like that? The sun goes up. The sun goes down. And again, nothing happens. You pray in the morning. You pray in the evening. You try to sleep at night. You can't sleep at night. And nothing happens. Been there, done that? Here they are. Here they are. Nothing's going on. No voice. No nothing. Notice he wants the the voice. Well, we got to get into this. I'd love to do. There's one verse in Genesis that really nails this, but you can't, again, get it from the King James. you got to dig underneath with the Hebrew to find out what we're talking about here. The voice. There's no sound. No reply. No response. Out to lunch. We've been at this all day. Verse 30. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Now, this is amazing. You, you know the rest of the story. But it's amazing to be a part of these things like the movies about casting out demons now that do all this stuff to cast out demons. And Jesus just speaks. And instantly, the demon is cast out. And they go through all this drama. And Elijah says, We need to repair. And that's what we've been talking about since we began in January. Talking about repairing the altar. Repairing, seeking the Lord and getting things right again. They don't even use the altar anymore to the Lord. They don't even know where the altar is. They don't know what an altar is. They've forgotten how to pray. They've forgotten to come to church. They don't even want churches. What is that? What do you do on Sunday morning? You know how many people are amazed when I tell them? I, number one I tell them I work at two churches I'm a missionary and I work at two churches so I'm in church all week long oh yeah I'm in church all week long number two I tell them at this church four times a week I preach at least four times I said yeah three on Sunday three, on, three times on Sunday what on earth who in the world goes to church three times on Sunday We need to repair. The altar of the Lord is broken down. Repair. Verse 31, Elijah took 12 stones. One stone representing each tribe. According to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, on whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be my name. And out of Israel came forth 12. And each stone represents a tribe to gather the people together to gather the stones just like they gathered everyone there on the day of Pentecost to receive the holy ghost verse 32 and with the stones he built an altar in the name of the lord and he made a trench here we go remember our story from Wednesday night a couple of weeks ago second kings chapter 3 they're digging ditches <laughs> he dug a trench about Trench warfare, spiritual warfare. He's digging a trench. Like, what in the world is this guy doing? He's digging a trench around the altar. What is going on? He made a trench about the altar, His great would contain two measures of seed. Verse 33, And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid them on the wood, and then get this. I love verse 33. Most people miss this. Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Where are they? Zoom paying attention? Where are they at? Where are they? At this point, where are they at? They're on Mount Carmel. They're on the mountain. When you're on a mountain and what year is this? How many years has passed this? Three years. Actually three and a half. Three and a half years it has not rained. Where in the world do you get four barrels of water? Someone tell me, where do you get the water? You got all the people there. And they've been there all day. If they carried water up or somebody's carrying water, I don't know where they're getting it. And who's drinking. And now you want four barrels of water. Are you out of your mind? Where in the world do you expect us to come up with four barrels of water?
0: God provided.
1: Four barrels of water—that's a costly sacrifice that you're going to waste because you're so stupid. And you—you're asking God for fire, and you're putting water on the wood. I told you I preached to the church on the other side of the state. There wasn't a, but one house any distance you could see—one house. And one preacher told me, he says, I know that church. He says, you know you're preaching in wet wood? I said, I believe in the God of Elijah. Verse 34. You know this? Do you remember verse 34? Do it again. Do it a second time. Well, Are you mad? It took us how long to come up with four barrels? You went, what? Do it again. Are you out of your mind? Okay, the first time you do it, It hasn't rained for three years. I'm sure that wood sucked in some water. I'm sure the ground sucked in some water. Because it ain't rained for three years. Do it again the second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they wait a minute. (laughs) Come on now. This is impossible. Four barrels, eight barrels, twelve barrels. Are you out of your mind? What we could do with 12 barrels of water? We've been looking for you to take your head off because we need water. And you're going to waste 12 barrels of water? What in the world are you thinking? But he's planting a seed. You want water, and you've got to plant the seed of water. He's planting a seed. You're calling on the name of the Lord for water. You want it to rain? Then you need to give some water. You want God to give you more? (laughs) Sometimes you got to give what you got so God will give you more. And the water ran about the altar and filled the trench with water also. Okay, now after 12 barrels of water, the ground has soaked it up now, and it's like, oh, we got way too much. But you see, it's going back to Genesis chapter 1 and 2, where there, in Genesis 2, the water came up out of the ground at creation. Remember, it didn't rain in Genesis 2. There was no rain in Genesis 2, and there's no rain in 1, uh, 1 Kings 18. Yet water came up out of the ground. They're pouring all this water in and now it's so saturated that it's coming up out. And that tells you just how wet this wood is.
0: Mm. What God's going to do.
1: Verse 36. And came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and the Lord God And said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant, that I have done all these things at your word because you and I, we discussed this. Verse 37. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and thou hast turned their heart back again. God is turning their hearts And he's trying to turn your hearts. He's trying to turn my heart. He's trying to turn the heart of America. Hear me, O Lord, verse 37, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. He's got their attention. Verse 38, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and dust licked up the water that was in the trench. The fire of the Lord, let's start with that one, verse thirty. The fire fell. What is that? Does anybody know what that is? You're on a mountain, and fire of the Lord fell. Do you know what that is? Any guesses? No one knows?
0: Lightning. Why? Because it's getting ready to rain.
1: Lightning! Lightning hits this. And this is amazing. Look at that. Verse 38. The lightning hits and consumes the burnt uh, sacrifice, just like Elijah said. But God doesn't stop there. God just doesn't do what he said. He always does exceedingly, abundantly, above what we ask, what we dream, what we imagine. Not only does it consume the burnt sacrifice and the wood, but it consumes the stones. The stones. Where are the stones? They're gone. And the dust. All that dust. It's gone. And looked up the water that was in the trench. God says, I'll have it all. Whatever you give. We always know. A. When my children or myself are hungry. Or B. When my wife cooks a really good meal. Which is most of the time. Why? Because they will take that plate and they will look at you. Can't even tell that the plate was ever used when my children are done with it. They will go work that plate. They'll go in and get the pan she cooked in and start working on that pan. And they're scraping the pan, eating this stuff out. It's so good they want it all, and God receives. Your sacrifice, He'll take it all and use it in ways that you can't imagine. He wants to take it all. Why? Because He gave it all on the cross of Calvary. He gave it all with Jesus. He didn't leave anything behind. He gave it all. And when you give, God doesn't lose sight of anything that you give to Him. He hangs on every word that you pray. Every tear that you cry, the psalmist says, he bottles that up and collects it in heaven. He writes a journal of everything going on in your life. They always say it's a good thing to, to write down. If your, your life is getting tough, just start t- keeping a diary and write down everything. Then go back and see what God did last year and how He got you through last year. God writes it all down. Everything about you. He keeps a record. Oh, yeah, <laughs> That was like... The- the little girl that was with her grandfather and she got in trouble. Hmm. She got in real trouble. She was with her grandfather. and Her grandfather talked to her and says that God knows everything. and He keeps track of everything. You mean everything? He says, exactly. He knows everything about you. He keeps track of everything about you and He still loves you. He still loves you enough to send Jesus knowing everything about your life. Jesus didn't die just for your sins before you got saved. He died for all of your sins. That's right, amen. And He still loves you, no matter what you do. He receives everything. He'll lick the dust. Off. He'll clean it all out, every part of you, whatever you want to give God. He'll use it all. Because He knows at what sacrifice. He knows at what sacrifice that came to give this water. When they haven't had water for three years, he takes it all. Verse thirty-nine When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord He is God. And Elijah said to them, Take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down the brook of Kishon and slew them
0: there. They served no purpose. They serve no purpose. As a matter of fact, they're doing harm. They're leading my people astray.
1: Now we're all going through a lot of stuff. (laughs) This thing keeps growing. And we haven't even got all this stuff on here. Because some of the stuff we don't even want to mention. We don't want to say anything about it. It's not on here. We got all this stuff we're going through. And God says, will you give it to me? Will you give me your stuff? When I ask for it, will you give me? And this morning God is asking for your stuff, whatever you're going through. All the troubles, all the trials, everything God says, give it to me. Just like they gave it on Mount Carmel through the prophet Elijah. Give it to me. And see what I will do if you give it to me. But you got to give it all to me. Don't keep none for yourself. Give it all to me. And then I but don't do the strings attached, but God. <laughs> no strings attached. No fine print. Give it to me, whatever you're going through. Give it all to me. Trust me. And it starts by gathering together, rebuilding that altar and praying to God. And realizing that all those noises out there, all those voices out there, they're Are just noise. They're not going to help you. If you
0: will give it to God. He will completely take it. And he will see you through.
1: I hope you come back tonight. Because we're going to continue this story tonight. And see what God does. This is just the beginning. That you can begin to hear. Because you know what comes with lightning. Thunder and they heard God. Lightning and thunder means one other thing that's going to happen. Tonight we'll get back to it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of Elijah. When there was no water, and we feel like we're in a wilderness right now, there's no water, and no one can help us. None of the world leaders can figure it out, no matter how much they tax. (laughs) This world is getting worse. And the temperature is being turned up. It's getting hotter and hotter down here. Things are happening, Lord. And we need to understand what you're speaking. We need to hear your voice again. We need to regather those broken down altars. We need to regather the stones. We need to get them back in place. And we need families that are praying together. Families that are over the Word together. That we get back together to seek you. All this stuff we're doing... And the sun goes up and the sun goes down and nothing happens. We need to get back to you, Father. Because we are in a wilderness and it is dry. And it's been a while since you poured out your spirit. And you hear people over here is talking about Jesus over here and Jesus over there. and Je- But nothing's happening. It's just exactly what you prophesied. It's a bunch of nothing happening. And we are supposed to prepare so that you can bring about the miracle that something is going to happen. And we're believing for that. But you're going to ask of us a sacrifice to give of ourselves in ways that we did not understand. And it's through when we decide to give and plant that seed that we are going to see you respond with all of heaven. Help us to understand the God of Elijah. Help us to see. Help us to open our eyes like Elisha's servant and see what you're doing when the enemy surrounds us. And see that you are doing something marvelous in our midst. And it's coming. Maybe we can smell it in the air. Maybe we feel it in our bones. A shifting. A shifting in the heavenlies. Help us to experience understanding what you're getting ready to do. Thank you, Jesus, for Calvary. Thank you for Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Ghost. And we all have the same Holy Ghost. And we have it even better than Elijah had it. Help us to understand what you're getting ready to do. And help us to align ourselves with you. And get back to who you are. In Jesus' my name
0: we pray. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast. You can find out more about us at dkin.org dot cc that's d k e n dot cc we look forward to seeing you next time god bless you